we are here. It is Halloween tomorrow when this comes out. Um, are you sure? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. On, it's on Saturday this year. Ooh. It is. Suki Saturday Night Sleepover. I used to watch that. Aww. Um, kids. <laughs> you can find it, I think, on YouTube. Anyway. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't believe Halloween came so quickly. Um, we were just talking about how it doesn't really feel like Halloween, but hey, we're going to roll with it because we love it. And yeah. Uh, the only thing that's scaring me right now is driving in the snow up here in Colorado. Uh, and uh, Fuck all of that. Yeah, for real. I will take a demonic possession over having to drive with an ill-equipped vehicle <laughs> in the snow or ice any day. And yes, I mean it. Um <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're okay. This is ridiculous, but I saw Ghost Adventures again recently, and I still freaking love it. There's nothing wrong with loving Ghost Adventures, non-ironically. But I saw the Halloween special, and right when I said that, I pictured Aaron looking over at the camera because Zach is like telling the spirits, like, "Feel free to use our energy to make anything happen right now." And then Aaron just looks over at the camera so nervously, like, "I did not give permission for this." <laughs> Oh, and then it's so sad because he ends up being the one to freaking get everything. But apparently he, yeah. he did some kind of like pagan ritual, though, to make that possible. So, I mean, who really asked for that? Uh, pagan in his eyes. He's a fucking. Oh, my God. What do you mean? I fucking hate. Aaron? No, I hate fucking Zach. Oh, bagel bites. I don't like him. Oh, I like him. Why don't you like him? Because he's such a fucking douche canoe like i can't i cannot stand him and like we're jeremy and emma love that show so we watch it all the time and like i make we just sit there and make fun of it and he's literally like screaming at these like spirits and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you like sometimes they can't hear him you know they're hard of hearing well and it's like i guess to have a show like that it you have to like get shit started you know but he has a lot of higher energy for every single episode i'm wondering what i just feel like he's full of shit too though a lot of the shit that happens isn't even scary like they just make it so that you can watch the episode of and then course. you're like really but i mean isn't that with any ghost hunting show uh no i've watched one oh, what right. the fuck i used to watch called? most haunted and i think they're out of the uk and i love them super old though i don't know if they're still doing it it's definitely still on hulu or prime or something but mm-hmm. i don't know if they're still doing it do you know what i'm talking about it's like a group of like i want to say british people but the lady would be the most recognizable if you saw her she's blonde she's short does hair. she have big boobs i don't think so i think they're like okay i don't maybe i don't remember that but um you're right you're right he's just very extra but i mean that might just be what his tv personality is well even i just I just can't. I cannot. I think it's. I think the show that I'm thinking of is um, Ghost Hunters. Yeah, that was on Sci-Fi. I loved that show, dude. And they do it like so perfectly. They have like, like twelve I, people too. They have like a bunch of people that they. Yeah, and everyone does it real calmly. They respect everything, and they don't jump to conclusions every five seconds. Like, no one's screaming across the room. Like, everything's fine. That's how I feel about Paranormal Files. I like that show, too. I think it's, like, students from Pennsylvania or something that they go and 
investigate people who are like in trouble or like they're having issues with their home. Mm-hmm. And so he goes and try, but it's very like peaceful and calm. And he's like a very soft-spoken guy. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. See, guys, this is it. not a, this is not our Halloween special. We're not going <laughs> to, as much as you would love for us to just critique each ghost hunting uh, team and show we actually have something else planned which we are very excited about and I was getting really freaked out when I was looking at all of it mm-hmm. today would you like to tell them what we're doing today I heard a noise today we're doing urban legends we are doing urban legends and we could not be more excited uh Daniela handpicked a few and I handpicked a few and we're just gonna take turns and jump back and forth with them so Without further ado, Daniela, take the mic or take the, what's a spook lead? Take the skeleton arm. Um, take the planchette. Here there we go. go. My first story is the ghost of Slaughterhouse Canyon. So this is a story um, that takes place in Arizona during the gold rush. During the 1800s, there was a family who lived in the canyon And they were very poor, so the father would have to venture out into the canyon for food for his family. So one day, the father does not return. So his family slowly starves, and the ones that are still alive, like, they descend into madness. So the mother, unable to bear listening to her children's crying because they're so fucking hungry... Uh, puts on her wedding dress, murders her children, and throws them into a nearby river that is in the canyon. Mm. And then the next day, she succumbed to starvation. Mm. So the legend states that if you go down to Slaughterhouse Canyon at night, you can still hear the loud crying of the mom mm. who lost her mind. God, the wind just started going crazy when we finishing that so I was like gasping ew I don't like that that's so scary would you go hell no I wouldn't go if it's just hearing things not at night oh mm-hmm. all right nope. that one was good and what one uh what was that out like from where is that urban legend uh good question <laughs> slaughterhouse canyon is located oh it's in Arizona I thought you meant where did I get yes. that story from I was yes. like oh Arizona. Oh, no, don't worry about that. We just make up stories. We all know that. Um, Here at this podcast, we just quickly write them in our minds as we're saying them. Um, So that was freaking creepy. I'm just going to follow up with, um, ooh, okay, so picture this. You are in a new house. Everything's fine. Everything's normal. And there, you didn't close, like, your dresser drawer all the way. So there's kind of, like, a little bit of a gap there. And you just, like, see eyes there looking at no. one of my that, drawers is open you better close that shit because the girl in the gap she'll get you what the fuck so this is out of japan the girl in the gap urban legend uh is basically just she's a ghost that hides or inhabits gaps in any home gaps between furniture like doors drawers um and dressers etc uh, if you make eye contact and she's looking at you out from a gap she will ask you if you want to play hide and seek no matter you answer, the game will start. If you see her again, she wins no matter what, and she will drag you into the gap and then drag you all the way to hell. The only way to beat her is to not see her again, um, whether that be due to like blindness or 
maybe blindfolding yourself around gaps or, you know, gouging out your own eyes or something <laughs> like that. So yeah, that one is real. That one freaks me out because it's so simple yet like, yeah. it, and then you'll catch yourself looking at like little spaces in your house. Like, oh my yeah. God, she could be anywhere. <laughs> I literally am like focusing on the computer screen because I don't <laughs> want to look around. Oh, geez. I feel like that was told to scare children into like keeping everything tidy. Dude, that would make sense. Um, I mean, I could I could fall for that easily because that scared the shit out of me. I wonder how. What- I mean, yeah. Now I'm not going to be able to have anything open ever again. Oh, Lord, <laughs> spooky. Um. Oh yeah. So whenever you make eye contact with her and she asks you to play or whatever, the game just automatically starts. And apparently, if you don't see her again, she won't do you any harm. But if you happen to see her again, then that means she won and that she found you. So that's it. okay. Oh, yeah. You never know if you're gonna win or lose with that one. Creepy. I'm genuinely scared to look over <laughs> at my dresser. I know. Seriously. <laughs> Fuck, Abby. I, have those, I have those little organizer cubbies that you like slide into like the box things or whatever and I'm looking in there like oh no I like have to go close that drawer hold <laughs> on I'm like freaking out hold on god damn it I look over at Sassy who's on my bed and she just looks at me like what the fuck was that for <laughs> she's like that drawer pissed you off huh <laughs> um, stay in there that was scary okay so this is the legend of riverdale road and there's eight little stories oh wait not eight there's one two three three (laughs) okay and this the riverdale road is in colorado yep Mm -hmm. and uh okay so here i go the first one is Joggers Hill. Legends say that a jogger was struck by a car while running along the dirt road. Any normal person would get out and check on the jogger, but then there wouldn't be a legend if that hadn't been the case. Or if that had been the case. <laughs> uh, the jogger's ghost now haunts the road, seeking revenge on anyone who dares to get in the way. If you're interested in seeing the jogger for yourself, here's what you've got to do. You park your car at the top of the hill, turn off the engine, and wait. You should hear the sounds of footsteps behind you, getting closer and closer with each breath. <clears throat> many people many people have claimed that this jogger has kicked and pushed on their cars, while others say there have been handprints left on the outside of their windows. But whatever you do, don't let the jogger reach the driver's side of the car. Otherwise, it could very well be the last thing you do. What the fuck? What if that's the first place the jogger goes? Yeah, that's fucking scary. Like, but I mean, I guess you're in the dark just freaking at the window. Always got to be. What do you do? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. You just drive away. That's stupid. Um, <laughs> it's creepy. Well, they got to turn their the next- on, and then they drop their keys, and they freaking oh, forget it. Yeah. No. There's no. I. Mm-mm. I would never do that to begin with. <laughs> and it's just like a regular ass jogger. Right. They're like, um, can I help you? And <laughs> and then you run them over. Jeez. They're like, I was just picking up my AirPod and this person just freaking backed over me. 
<laughs> and now I'm dead. <laughs> now I'm dead for real. Two joggers on the road. <laughs> um, the next one is the Phantom Camaro. In the 1970s, a black Camaro was cruising along the road and ended up crashing, killing the driver. Nowadays, if you come across a black Camaro while driving down Riverdale Road, you should definitely get the fuck out of there. Especially if the Camaro has a busted headlight, and whatever you do, don't try to race it. Because as the myth claims, if you race the Phantom Camaro, you'll only be racing towards your own death. Oh, shit. Ew. Let's go. The next is the Ghost Lady. It's said that the man who built and lived in the Great Mansion along the 11-mile stretch lost his mind one night and burnt it to the ground, killing his entire family as they slept. Screams can still be heard among the ruins. The ghost lady, also known as the woman in white, has been seen among the grounds. She's presumed to be the wife of this man. Many people have come in contact with this woman in white and have tried to help her, but she just continues on her path in silence. A single glance in the rearview mirror tells whoever has come into contact with her that she's disappeared completely from sight. Now the question is, where'd she go? This ghost lady isn't entirely innocent, though. Some legends say that she'll try to lure unsuspecting individuals to the gates of hell. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? You just keep following her and she just All takes sudden, you right to hell. Ooh, uh-uh. Mm-mm. <sighs> Riverdale Road. Still haven't. Do you know where that's at? Nope. I pro- what if I've like driven through there so many times and I didn't even freaking notice? I'm going to look up where it's at in Colorado. Mm -hmm. There's like 5 million. (laughs) Right? Oh my God. Which one? Which one? Oh, there is several. Great. Yeah. There's one in Thornton, Colorado, Denver, Henderson, and Brighton. What the hell? So, never mind. Um, Okay. So, this one... There's like three different states going on, and there's a few variations of this uh, story. But anyway, this urban legend is out of Michigan and Connecticut and sometimes Ohio. Um, it, it's uh, the melon heads. Have you heard of this one? I have not. Melon heads are small humanoids with bulbous heads who hide in the woods and occasionally attack people. Um, they're said to be usually like children's ages. Um, In Michigan, they are said to reside around Felt Mansion and have been reportedly seen in southern forested areas of the Ottawa County area. One origin story claims that these were originally children with um, hydrocephalus from the Junction Insane Asylum near Felt Mansion, and they became feral and were released into the forest. Other stories say that they lived in the mansion, the caverns beneath it, or even caves of an abandoned zoo... And some stories say that the children killed the doctor that abused them and they cut up his body and hid it all around the mansion. There's a rumor that teens snuck into the mansion and saw the ghosts of the children and claimed to see shadows of the doctor's murder through the light coming from an open door. Out of Ohio, the legend says that a Dr. Crow performed experiments on the orphan children in the Cleveland suburb of Kirtland. It's said that the children already suffered from hydrocephalus and the experience, the experience, the experiments caused them to develop larger heads and um, hairless and malformed bodies. 
It said that they killed him and escaped to the forest where they hunt for babies to eat, and they may be sighted along Winsner Road in Kirtland and Chardon, Chardon Township. In Connecticut, in the fall of 1960, a fire burned down an asylum for the criminally insane. The staff perished, and 10 or 20 inmates were unaccounted for. The melon heads were the result of cannibalism in the woods and inbreeding. Or without um, a prison or asylum, they may be just descendants of colonial-era family members from Shelton Trumbull, who were banished after being accused of witch witchcraft. The Shelton Trumbull family, I'm assuming. Yeah, okay, I see. Uh, who were banished after being accused of witchcraft. The mention of a rural road that runs through their territory is common in all stories. In a number of towns such as Shelton, Trumbull, and Monroe, several legends place the Melonheads territory around a mysterious and mythical street commonly referred to as Dracula Drive. Many towns in Fairfield County and New Haven County have rural and forested sections and it is not uncommon for these forests to have rural roads running through them these roads at times are associated with the local variation of melonhead legend and said to be a part of the melonheads territory we oui. that's very like wrong turn vibes yeah mm. i agree yep i was picturing the cone heads for some reason <laughs> oh my god i haven't seen <laughs> I love that movie. Okay, so now we get to the Water Babies of Massacre Rocks. So Water Babies are a Native American legend that are found in a couple different places in America, but mostly in Pocatello, Idaho, at the Massacre Rocks State Park. So the Shoshone tribe was first recorded in 1805 and were roaming the Great Plains as early as the 1500s. So it's not clear what when exactly this legend or originated, but the story goes that the Shoshone experienced an extreme famine and mothers were forced to drown their babies in the river rather than watch their children starve. Today, some people claim that if you sit quietly at the river by Massacre Rocks, you'll hear the sounds of babies crying. Other stories say that these babies grew gills and fins and survived, and now they seek revenge on their mothers by luring unsuspecting victims to their death in the river. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. That is dark. It is. I tried to make a freaking movie based off that shit because that's wild. I feel like it would be an extreme B movie. Absolutely. I could already picture the little creatures that they would try to make yeah mm-hmm. okay the devil's tramping ground in southern chatham county south of siller city in the woods near harper's crossroads is a circle about 40 feet in diameter one of the most famous haunted sites of north carolina nothing grows in the circle anything left in the circle before dusk will have been moved out of the circle by dawn any animals uh, that are near the circle refuse to be brought near the circle and especially into it. And it is said that the devil himself walks the circle at night. Another explanation mm-hmm. is this was the site of a battle between two rival tribes of Native Americans. The blood soaked the ground, causing nothing to be able to grow there again. The tribe that lost the battle fled to the outer banks and became the Croatan tribe that befriended the lost colonists other today <gasps> yeah croatan i saw that and i was like oh shit croatoa mm. <laughs> others say that the site is where the chief croatan was 
buried and the gods keep the circle bare and out of respect. Other stories claim that a UFO landing happened there and the radiation permanently exterminated the grass. A sign was posted that read the Chatham County Vortex renaming the Devil's Tramping Ground and claiming it as the anchor of a Magdalene crystal column of energy. The Magdalene energy is an idea that has emerged out of England in the past decade. This theory proposes that the planet is surrounded by a web of divine mare energy that is an expression of a divine feminine presence bundling this idea with the earlier english traditions of jesus and traveling to the british isles at some point in his life while also incorporating this into a mysticism based on junigan psychology and feminist readings of arthurian legend it's a lot going on there um the devil mm-hmm. seems to have come to chatham county with the scott Irish, the Scotch-Irish settlers who had arrived in North Carolina during the 18th century. Populating the course of the Cape Fear River, the Uweries and the Appalachians. The settlers were mainly immigrants from Ulster and counties along the border between England and Scotland, and the devil was very much part of their the culture that they brought along with them. So there are many stories about that little story. Wow. It looks kind of creepy. Like when you look at the pictures, it's just literally a circle with trees all around. Oh, it's like in the middle of the forest, I think. And I'm pretty sure that there's like a map on how to like find it and stuff. Ooh, that's even scarier, it being in the middle of the forest. Yeah, it's weird. All right. <clears throat> um. Okay. So next is the story of Sacrifice Cliff. Mm. And I know Megan is going to know what this is. So hopefully I don't mess it up. (laughs) So the story of Sacrifice Cliff comes from an old Native American legend. Two members of the Crow tribe arrived in their village from a trip to find that almost everyone there had been infected with smallpox and died. Mm -hmm. So heartbroken about the loss of their loved ones, the two decided to blindfold their horses and ride off of the cliff to join the tribe on the other side. Sacrifice Cliff is visible from almost anywhere in Billings, Montana, but apparently tourism brochures from the 1930s to the 1960s identifies Sacrifice Cliff as being the cliffs behind the horse tracks at Metro Park. So the story or versions of it may be true, but besides the brochures, there's a collection of evidence suggesting the event happened a little further down on the other side of the river and involved more modest cliffs that are not part of the Metro Park fairgrounds. But uh, people say that they see the Native Americans like going off the cliff and oh, shit. I was just about to ask like if people have seen that. That would Yeah, be they've seen that. And, then and you go I the and there's nothing. <gasps> yeah. Um I wonder if Megan has heard anything like well, she doesn't go out because of the virus, but um hmm, maybe she still can. I wonder if she'll like ever get stories from people about it. That would be cool. <clears throat> yeah. Interesting. Well, let us know, Megan. That's scary. <clears throat> it's just like replaying over and over of them jumping. Oh, no. Mm-mm. So, the legend of Goatman's Bridge. Oh. Goatman's Bridge, um, its actual name is Old Alton Bridge. It was built in 1884 by the King Iron Bridge Manufacturing Company and carried horses and then later automobiles over the Hickory Creek. 
The bridge is located in Texas, connecting Denton and Copper Canyon. So this origin story is the most circulated. It tells of a black man named Oscar Washburn who tended a farmstead goat herd. He and his family ran this renowned business that was known for its quality meat, milk, cheeses, and hides. This was during like the 1920s, 1930s, and when Oscar Washburn hung a sign on the bridge that declared this way to the goat man, the KKK became infuriated. So one night, a lynch mob went to his shack and dragged him towards the bridge. They tightened a noose around his neck and mercilessly flung, flung him over the side of the bridge. However, when they went down from the bridge, they only found an empty noose. They searched the area, and when they didn't find him, they panicked and lit his shanty on fire with his family inside. They may have thought Oscar would try to save them when they set fire to it, but he never came out. They say he was never seen again, but that his vengeful spirit vengeful spirit haunts the bridge. The other story linked to the bridge tells of a demonic half-man, half-goat who lives in the forest around the bridge. Legend says if you knock three times on the bridge at midnight, or if you turn off your car and... Um, and the lights and honk three times, you might see red glowing eyes in the dark and smell decaying flesh, and you might even catch a glimpse of the beast itself. Fuck that. There's more than one goat man. And the other one is like strictly like creature based, but that mm-hmm. one was like sad and like really dark. Like it would have been a yeah. like story for a horror movie, I think. That's the one that Ghost Adventures did, right? I don't know. Maybe. I'm pretty sure I watched it. Like just red bridge. If there's only, I think there's only one Goatman's Bridge, but there's more than one Goatman story. That's the one in bridge and they Denton. Did. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, that's the one that they did, and it was really stupid. Oh no! Well, you should go <laughs> three times on the bridge. There was just they tried to do like some sort of ritual under the bridge and like it was just really fucking stupid. Somebody got like possessed. It was really weird. And Zach always gets possessed. Yeah, it was really people were getting like aggressive and shit. And I was like, oh my god, this is I like the, the KKK energy that resides there, or his maybe I don't vengeful spirits energy that's out there, or they're just full of shit. I don't know. There was, and then of course they're out in the middle of nowhere, and they're like filming, and they're walking through the woods, mm-hmm. and they see these two eyes, mm-hmm. and I mean, that's it's gonna be, be a fucking. Animal. It is going to be an animal, like really. Mm -hmm. And they're like, (laughs) they were literally like shitting themselves. You would have shit yourself? I probably would have shit myself, but I also (laughs) wouldn't be out there fucking around with that shit. So, but it was just so funny. Of course, it was even more hilarious because I'm sitting on my couch watching it, but it was just fucking hilarious because they like lost their shit. (laughs) And so they go over to where they had seen it they like waited till it went away and then they went over there and they were like look at this and this and it's like it was a fucking animal walking through there duh there was something here like what the fuck you gotta be at least a little bit rational when you're yes I'm like can you get it together just i need somebody to be there and be like zach just calm down and we'll figure this out <laughs> or he's told them you're fired if you ever do that Oh yeah, he's probably got a bunch of dudes that just kiss his ass all day. So like inject him with steroids before they start, so that he. (laughs) I feel like that's what he does, dude. Yeah, and then he's like, in this moment, you can see that I am confused, and that I'm all of a sudden filled with rage. And you see Aaron here trying to calm me down, but I cannot be consoled. Did something (laughs) take a hold of me in this moment? 
Yeah, steroids. <laughs> I hope not. Um, I will say Holly Madison from Girls Next Door low-key flirts with him on his Instagram sometimes, and I live for it. Because she's very Disney, like Disney princess, blonde, sweet, bubbly. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah. she's into the paranormal shit because she's been on Zach Bagan's page a few times. Just, that would I be just, a romance to see. It uh, would just be really douchey to see. <laughs> My turn. No, it's your turn. Okay. Here we go. Uh, so next is La Mala Hora. So La Mala Hora, which translates to the evil hour, is an entity that you don't want to run into on a dark road. Legends say that at first it appears as a ball of black energy, constantly moving and changing its size and shape. If you look at it, it'll drive you insane and it'll slowly kill you. At other times, it appears as a scary looking woman. And it's said that if you see her at a crossroads or you or someone in your, oh, if you see her at a crossroads, you or someone in your family will die. So the legend originated in Mexico and is now a New Mexico urban legend. Because I'd never heard of it before. Mm -hmm. Um, And because that was literally the only thing that I like read about it, I found a story on it from seatghost.blogspot.com. Nice. And the story is really fucking scary. Okay. So the story begins with a phone call. Oh, it's, I'm going to read it from this, the writer's perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, My friend Isabel called sobbing to tell me that she and her husband were getting a divorce. Devastated for her, I called my husband, who was on a business trip in Chicago, to inform him that I was going to drive to Santa Fe so I could comfort Isabel. My husband agreed and wished me well. It was late in the day when I started my drive. Santa Fe is a four-hour drive from where I live, so I estimated I would not reach Isabel's house until midnight. Tired, I found myself doing several things in the car so I would not fall asleep at the wheel. I turned the radio's volume up and lowered down the window to breathe some fresh air. Fuck that. If it's dark outside, I'm not rolling down the window. As I drew near to the turnoff to Isabel's house, I rolled the window up, feeling a chill. The night was dark. And the rural road I traveled had no streetlights. I was having trouble seeing the road that stretched ahead, and I slowed down so I wouldn't miss the turn off to the dirt road that led to Isabel's property. A coyote howled in the distance. This distracted me for a moment. I almost missed the turn off. Feeling relieved this trip was almost over, I relaxed. As the road split into two, I took the left fork. Out of nowhere, a woman appeared in front of my car. I slammed on my brakes quickly to avoid hitting her. Seconds later, the woman was gone. I inspected the area around my car, wondering if I had imagined it. Then I saw her right beside my window, looking in at me. Her eyes glowed red. Her short teeth were pointed. What happened? I said, absolutely not. What the Oh, heck? yeah. Fuck all that. I screamed as she leaped at my window her clawed hands striking the glass. I jammed my foot down on the accelerator. Rocks flew as my car sped away. Terrified, I watched as she was able to quickly run alongside my car, continuing to strike the window despite my speed. <gasps> oh Ooh, my that, that gave me fucking goosebumps. I Holy shit. I freaking do. I <clears throat> my mind. Oh, Lord. 
She finally fell behind, and in my rearview mirror, I saw her grow taller and taller until she was as large as a tree. Red mist swirled around her, and she pointed at me, mouthing words I did not hear. I jerked my attention back to my driving, afraid what might happen if I ran my car off the road. In a state of numbed panic, I reached Isabel's drive and rushed her entrance. I was still pounding on her door as she opened it. I fell into her arms, crying and shaking. She assisted me over to a chair and gave me water to drink. I somehow was able to tell her what I had seen. Shaking her head in concern, she asked, Were you at the fork when you saw her? Confused, I nodded yes. Wringing her hands, she told me I must. it must have been La Mala Hora. The bad hour, I asked. Isabella turned to me. This is bad, very bad. When La Mala, when La Mala Hora appears, it means one thing. Someone's going to die. Not believing in the superstition, I laughed. But when I had... S- but what I had seen still weighed heavily on me. Mm-hmm. Isabella was so distracted as she helped me bring in my luggage, she did not even mention her divorce. The next morning, I felt much better, but as the day progressed, I could not shake a feeling of dread. Neither one of us mentioned what had happened the night before, but we were both worried about La Mala Hora. As I announced, I best head home. Isabella insisted upon accompanying me home. We left Quickly, neither one of us wanting to press to pass the fork in the road at night. <clears throat> Within 20 minutes of pulling into my drive, a police car pulled up at my house. Mm-hmm. Isabella and I both knew what that meant. The police officer informed me gently while returning from dinner in Chicago, my husband had been mugged. At the same time, I had seen La Mala Hora. His body had been found in an alley. He had been shot in the head and died instantly. Fuck. Mm, I got this one. not. Oh. Horrible. That sucks because she didn't even know what was like to happen. Yeah. Oh, gosh. What a weird, I mean, even if it's just a weird coincidence, that's horrible. That's like. It reminds me of a banshee because that's what a banshee is, basically. I mean, she screams instead, but. Dude, I should have talked about that one because that one freaks me out too. That's in Ireland, I think. Yeah, that one scares the shit out of me. Ooh. God, that's so sad and so scary. Ew. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we move on to El Silbon. Oh. So this urban legend originated in the 19th century from, I think, Venezuela, maybe just in general, Latin America, uh, South America somewhere. Uh, so a spoiled boy, this is the, the origin story. A spoiled boy demanded his father bring home a deer, his favorite meat. When the father returned empty-handed, his son killed him and cut out his liver and his heart. He then had his mother cook a meal, and she noticed that the meat was tough. She then discovered that it was her husband's organs that were in the mm-hmm. meal, and she cursed her son for eternity. The son is tied to a tree... Uh, by either his grandfather and uncle or another male figure and uh, whipped continuously. Then lemon or hot peppers are rubbed into his wounds and a dog is set on him after he is freed. The dog pursued him relentlessly and continues to this day, apparently. The curse that she set on him transformed him into a ghost carrying a sack of bones on his back and forced to wander the plains for eternity. Some say the bones are of his father. Others say they are bones of his victims. He is disproportionately skinny and extremely tall, towering over treetops. 
he is still um, being chased by the dog with it nipping at his heels. And he wears a tattered white suit and a wide brimmed hat. But the few people who have seen him, uh, they sometimes don't live to tell about it. His ghost is known as the whistler because of the tune that he whistles while he's just out and about. The Absolutely basic not. notes of the do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti. So mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming it'd be like, just like over and over and over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like slow and drawn out. Oof. And a frightening element in the story is that the whistler enters people's homes at night. He lays no! his on the floor and starts counting them. If no one hears the clatter of bones or notices his presence, this means one member of the family will die. One Dude. member of the will die if they hear him counting bones. And it's always mentioned that there are ways people can protect themselves from this ghost. One way is just to remind him of his terrible crime and why he is cursed. Another way is to keep the items the whistler is most afraid of handy, and they include a whip, hot peppers, or a dog. I'm safe. <laughs> yep, we're safe. Okay, good. <laughs> Ew, I just hate how evil he sounded. Like, Yeah, like- dude, that was fucking scary. So that one scared me when I freaking read it. And of course, there's a lot of like paintings and stuff that people do what they think he looks like. And he's so mm. He's like a slender man with like a hat on. What the fuck was that? Someone just screamed. I have no idea where it came from. What the fuck? I'm surprised the dogs didn't. Did you hear that? Because the dogs. I heard it. Only Fawn kind of reacted, but everybody is just laying down. That was really scary. I'll have to ask them if they. If they did it or if that was dude, I hear shit like that all the time out here. There's always people like I hate to say it, but like there's crackheads and stuff out here. Okay. That made me feel a little bit better. (laughs) They they won't. (sighs) Um dudes, that story reminded me slightly of last night, or Jeremy told me this morning that last night I think he came because he has to use the bathroom in my room so he came through my room at, I don't know what time it was. I think it was like three or two I don't remember <clears throat> but it was the middle of the night and uh, he used the bathroom and then he went back to sleep in his room which is right next to mine and he said that he laid down and he like got comfy again and he was like about to fall asleep and he heard somebody whisper his name <gasps> stop I was like excuse me a mirror thing i was like what the fuck and yeah so i asked him i was like do you have a mirror in your room and he was like no i was like what the fuck was that then Mm-mm. i don't know dude it was i was like bitch that is you're right next to my fucking room that's really scary to hear and he was awake yeah. and like going to sleep he wasn't asleep and then woke up to the noise yeah Ew, that's creepy. I was like, maybe I said it out loud and you just thought, like, I was, he's like, but you woke up when I walked in there. Oh, shit. And I was like, yeah, but maybe, I don't know. Fuck. Really scary. (laughs) Yeah, it was terrifying. I don't, now, I just realized now I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. No. Okay. My story. It's the shaman's portal. So the mysterious occurrences in Beaver Dunes Park have been attributed to the fact that it was built upon ancient Native American burial grounds, which is why it's called the Shaman's Portal. It's also known as the Oklahoma Bermuda Triangle. The story goes that Francisco Vasquez de Coronado, 
Uh, as he traversed the area on his quest to discover a new world gold, ignored the warnings of his Native American guides to keep away from the dunes. The price he paid was to have three members of his expedition suddenly vanish before his eyes in strange flashes of green light. Oh, lightning. A description Coronado himself pinned in his expedition diary, calling the phenomenon uh, the work of the devil. Known by the natives as the shaman portal, the area has been has since been blamed for numerous such alleged disappearances, although none have been verified, especially in the last century or so. However, locals have claimed to witness mysterious military excavations conducted under the cover of darkness. In the 90s, after receiving reports of unspecified strange findings from an Oklahoma State University archaeologist, a one Mr. Mark Thatcher is said to have spent three years studying the area until he was shut down by men with military credentials who fit the description of the notorious men in black. It's unclear whether Thatcher was part of another unidentified university geological team who is said to have studied the area in the mid nineties. This team supposedly took a number of geological samples and found strange anomalies that included ionized soil and electromagnetic interference. All of this has led some to believe that an ancient alien spacecraft lies buried beneath the dunes. A flying saucer isn't the only thing believed to be buried down there. Apparently, the area is also an ancient Native American burial ground, and everybody knows mm. how that goes. Mm. And the alien connection is only one hypothesis surrounding the area. Theories about the disappearances and the weird lights abound. Is the area a portal to another dimension? Where the piss, where the pissing, <laughs> <laughs> they're pissed off. <laughs> where the missing people transported or incinerated by the green lightning? Was this some kind of Native American magic meant to protect the tribal gold from greedy European explorers like Coronado? As freaky and kind of cool as it is, unfortunately, the only thing that exists in the way of real evidence is Coronado's diary. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -mm. Ah. <laughs> I had to move my leg. Oh, fuck. I was sitting on it. My freaking arms and legs have been falling asleep so much lately. I need to be drinking more water. Yeah, I don't think that's good. Circulation. Yeah, for real. Okay, so this one's kind of short, but and it's funny because whenever I talked to my dad yesterday, he brought it up, and I was like already gonna include it. So he's so cute, but I'll have to tell you mm -hmm. his little story after I tell you the urban legend. <clears throat> so, the ghost children of San Antonio's railroad tracks. Oh, not far from San Juan Mission is an intersection where rail railroad tracks can be found. This is allegedly the site of a horrible crash that happened in the 1930s or 1940s. It was a rainy Texas morning when the train engineer saw the, a bus stalled on the tracks. He frantically tried to stop, but the, train, but the train was unable to stop in time. Ten children died that day, and if you park your car on the tracks and shift to neutral, the children will push it uphill and off the tracks. If you put baby powder or flour on the back of your car, you will see small handprints form where they are pushing your car. So in San Antonio, apparently San Antonio is super haunted. There's a lot of mm -hmm. a lot of places in San Antonio. Um, I love San Antonio. I was born there. But my dad, he, when he lived there, he was, uh, I think he was in his 20s with his 
he's still friends with them, I think, to this day. His friends, Eddie and somebody else. And they had heard about this, about the tracks. And if you park on them, they push you off and yada, yada. So Eddie apparently had already done it. And he was telling my dad about it. My dad was like, no, no, that's, what are you talking about? And he was like, look, trust me, just watch. He didn't even tell him about like what exactly was going to happen. He just said something about ghosts or something. And so my dad was always like a skeptic or whatever. And so they're in the car and he's like, look, hold on. I'm going to just watch real quick. And my dad's like, what are we, what are you doing? Why are you on the tracks? And he was like freaking out. And so they put the car in neutral and he had put baby powder on the back and they just sat there. And sure enough, the car started to move off the tracks. And my dad was like in awe, like what the fuck is going on? And Eddie and whoever he was with, apparently they used water to try to see if it was a hill. Um, If it dripped down, they would see like, if it was at an incline or whatever mm. and no, it wasn't. So they got pushed uphill over the tracks. And when they looked at the back of the car, there were little handprints on the back. That is the part where it's really creepy. I've heard though, that it's like an optical illusion. The way yeah, the, I've heard that, that handprints stay for a long time. Even if you wash your car, like the prints will come through the flower or the powder. Oh, I didn't even think about that. And he has kids. So my dad brought that up too. Like it might've been his kids, but they were, while they were there, they felt like it was for real. So yeah, I always wanted to go do it. Yeah. That seems pretty harmless. I mean, unless the train comes and then you're like, hurry the fuck up and push me. Oh yeah. I'm surprised no one has (laughs) died for that. A lot of people apparently do it. So I don't know. Um, Mm -mm. But uh, yeah, that's a creepy one. I've heard that one ever since I was little, and I've always wanted to try it because that's really scary. But they're yeah. trying to prevent you from dying. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That is sad. All right, your turn. Okay, the bus to nowhere. Another bus. In Philadelphia, there's rumored to be a bus that doesn't have an end destination. The story says that the bus has and displays no destination. It has no route number, nor does its unknown route appear on any known transportation maps. It only picks up passengers who suffer from incurable hopelessness at the bottom of one of their very worst days in memory, and they have to chase after the bus. It won't stop for you unless you're desperate enough to get on. When the passenger is on, they're wrapped in their thoughts, desperate only to get far away, anywhere from the pain and despair. Only... Once the passenger is ready to face the world, they can get off the bus. But the passenger has no idea how long they've been on the bus for. It could have been hours, days, or even years. That is terrifying. I don't know how I feel about that one. Do people, like, see it? Um, I didn't really get to see a whole lot of stuff on it. Like, I just, I barely was able to find that. I was going to say, like, is there a number on the bus or something if people have seen it, like, pass by and they know what it is so they avoid it? But I guess not. It just shows up whenever somebody's hopeless or whatever. Yeah, I feel like only people can see it that are, like, in desperate need. Oh, my gosh. I know. What if you're standing with somebody and you see it and you're like, hey, what is that bus doing there? Is that even a stop? And they're like, what bus? (gasps) Oh, no. They're like, I didn't know I was that hopeless. That's really scary. Ew. I I don't know. The whole thing about not knowing how, how much time has gone by really freaks me out. Yeah. If you get on it. Um, anyway, so I'm going to talk about Duendes. Those are so scary. Mm. So Duendes are spirits like sprites, but are more specifically out of Latin America. And they're like tiny ghosts. Souls of fetuses and unbaptized infants are usually mm. uh, 
yeah, with where they come from. They are hungry, nagging ghosts, very persistent, and they do not speak or comprehend. So there's no like, um, there's no talking to them or or reasoning Chilling with them. them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are mostly mischievous and can have a wicked sense of humor, but the dangerous duendes are souls of undesired, discarded newborns. They have been killed or just abandoned and left for dead. They haunt sources of fresh water like rivers and streams or springs, and they usually try to rejoin the families that they were born into. Oh, shit. They are potentially harmful, but the intentions of their return is really unknown. Uh, Living siblings apparently are the only ones that can see them. And they are the ones that are usually harmed by them if they are going to be harmed. The oh presence God. of them is toxic in itself and they should be professionally exercised. However, because they are usually the result of unwanted pregnancies, they are usually just left to cause illness and harm. Wow. God. So the one is basically they look like little elves. I've seen so many like YouTube videos that are like, um, when they caught on camera or whatever and it looks so bad but it's honestly sometimes really creepy to watch those videos because um i saw a lot of them today that were actually more believable because it, they were filmed by like kids that were just playing around and then all of a sudden you see something tiny like run out from the bushes and all the kids like start screaming and I think so I've seen a video like that actually unless they like photoshopped like unless something else like a wild dog or something like came out and scared them and then they just photoshopped a tiny elf running mm-hmm. out Mm-hmm. that's the only way I would say that that's what happened. But if it's actually real, oh my God, it's kind of scary. Cause they look like little elves. They look like little dobbies sometimes. What and the fuck? They're like that's... tiny little, have you seen them before? Like what people think they look like? They look like little gnomes with like hats on sometimes. I've, I've definitely seen the video then now that you say that. Um, mm-hmm. They do look like gnomes, but that's probably what they are. And people just oh, make God. up shit to go with it. <laughs> Well, sometimes they're, like, very proportionally, like, way smaller than, like, the size of, like, your hand. And you're like, what the hell could even be that small that stands up straight like that? They said that spider monkeys could sometimes um, get people confused if they see them from too far away or something. But um, there's no tail. It's like a little person um, until you get closer and you see, like, they have long ears and, like, a long nose or big features, like, big eyes. Like, little fairies, exactly. But, oh, my gosh, they're so creepy. Like, you can see them, like peeking out their little head from the corner and then they hide again. So it's like, why are they hiding if they mean you no harm? They're just, they're, they're looking for their siblings. They're looking for their siblings. They're like, mom kept you, but didn't keep me. Hm. Petty. That is devastating. That's really messed up, right? I didn't know where they came from. So when I read that about the newborns thing, I was like, oh God, that's really scary and dark. A scary story to get people to not have abortions. Oh, geez. Here we go. And that's that what bad. it is. You think? I mean, it sounds like it. Culturally, that would be their way to yeah. scare women away from promiscuous sex. Mm-hmm. You don't want to have it. Because then, I mean, they end their pregnancy however way, but then the duende is just there forever until they exercise it, which means causing shame to the family by going to the priest about it. Yeah. Ew. Okay. Anyways, your turn. So Walking Sam and the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. Purportedly... I hate that word. Over <laughs> over seven feet tall and very slim, Walking Sam is said to appear on the streets of the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota at night, and he tries to convince teenagers to commit suicide. The character of Walking Sam himself has existed among the 
Lakota and Dakota Native American tribes for some time now, with a record of him being described in Peter Mathiasen's In the Spirit of Crazy Horse back in 1980, mm. sometimes known as Stovepipe Hat Bigfoot or Takuhi. I'm not, I don't think I said that right. Uh, the character's been spotted by South Dakota Sioux and Little Eagle tribes as far back as 1974. Mm-hmm. Whether or not Walking Sam is real, something tragic is going on at the reservation. From December 2014 to May 2015, there were 103 suicide attempts at Pine Ridge. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Ew. Mm-mm. Creepy. Well. Out of South Africa is the urban legend of the Pinky Pinky. It's a demon with apparently pink hair, or sometimes the entire creature is pink. And the Pinky Pinky attacks girls who wear pink underwear, hence the name. Um, when Get girls would go missing, here. yeah, it's pretty it's pretty scary. When girls would go missing after going to the bathroom, the legend gained momentum. The demon is believed to attack, rape, or even murder. Um. So it's sad because there's like a lot of violence in South Africa and there's like no doors in a lot of buildings, including like homes or girls' bathrooms and stuff. And so apparently the Pinky Pinky is a demon that lives in between the boys and girls' bathroom, but only goes to the girls' bathroom and boys don't even see it ever. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like a very weird urban legend that I think stemmed from just when girls would go missing constantly and there was just a ton of violence that they just gave it that name. Yeah. But the whole pink underwear thing is where it's like weird. Like it mostly attacks girls who have pink underwear on. I don't know how they determine that or if the girls go missing or if they find the bodies and they have like underwear on that are pink. But yeah, that's an urban legend that I found on the internet. I couldn't really find too much more on that because I really think it's just like um, a thing that people named after events happened or something. Yeah. But it still scared me that there would be a, a bathroom demon that would do that. Yeah. I feel like the pink thing, it was added to like, maybe mm. pink is like scandalous to wear. I don't know. That's what I was going to say about that. Like there's a lot of sexism and a lot of like, I, I don't know about now. I think it's gotten a lot better now in terms of how they look at, at the situation. But before it was like, girls are going to be victims no matter what. So make sure you do whatever you can to not be a victim. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's the like that in the United States still, right? That it's uh up to us to keep ourselves safe or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway, so that's the pinky pinky, <clears throat> crazy, very dark. Mm. Okay, so the candy lady Mm-mm. in the early 1900s, children in the small town of Terrell, Texas started to go missing. And the residents blamed it on the candy lady. The story says that she would go around leaving candy on children's windows and eventually she'd lure the kids out with notes attached, promising more candy. The story picked up steam when a farmer allegedly found rotten teeth on his farm and the town sheriff was killed. He had forks shoved into his eyes and was found with candy in his pockets. Ew. It's believed... That the candy lady still roams around, luring little children with candy, then pulling out their teeth or stabbing them in the eyes with forks. Some have speculated that the candy lady was real and that her name was Clara Crane, Hmm. 
Uh, Clara was accused of poisoning her husband back in 1895. She gave him some caramels that were laced with some form of poison that killed him. A few years before she allegedly killed her husband, the crane's five-year-old daughter died. Clara blamed her husband for the passing of their daughter, which is why many believe she killed him. Clara was placed in the North Texas Lunatic Asylum, now known as the Terrell State Hospital. While in the asylum, Clara made a doll out of torn bedsheets. The doll she called Marcy, the same name as her daughter. Clara could be seen talking and singing to the doll by the asylum staff. In 1899, she was released from the hospital due to overcrowding. So even though she allegedly committed murder, she was fit for release. No word on where Clara officially went after that. And here's where the urban legend of the candy lady began. Mm-hmm. That's creepy. Out of Georgia, we have the Curse of Lake Lanier. It's a massive man-made lake north of Atlanta, and it's unnerving on multiple fronts, with a reputation of tragic and sometimes mysterious deaths from disproportionately high frequency of boating accidents and drownings, um, all the way to unexplained homicides. Oh, God. A construction crew discovered the skeleton of a woman who disappeared in 1958, still trapped in her car at the bottom of the lake more than 30 years later. And since then, people have reported sightings of a ghostly female figure on the lake's waters. There are even reports of malevolent catfish um, that are large enough to swallow a dog or even drown a diver. Mm-mm. I've um, heard those stories before. There's like Apparently, there's multiple, like, cursed or haunted lakes out there that I'm finding out about, but this mm-hmm. one. There's a ghostly presence at the bottom of the lake, which some point to as a source of Lanier's haunted reputation. Others point to a simple water plus alcohol equals accidents formula to explain the mm-hmm. tragedies. It's notoriously a party lake, apparently, which I wouldn't want to party there. If this is prone to having accidents. Hell yeah. Um, anyways, so yeah, that's that. It's fucking scary. Mm-hmm. okay so the curse of the escalante petrified forest while it is illegal to take anything from the forest there is a legend that says that anyone who takes pieces of petrified wood from the park will be cursed from divorce to being jailed medical conditions to car problems unemployment to generally terrible lives and even death Park manager Kendall Farnsworth stated in 2014 that he gets about a dozen packages every year containing a piece of wood from the park, an apologetic letter detailing the sender's misfortunes. Mm-hmm. At the southern entrance of the park is a pile of, I don't know what this word is. It's con and science. Con, con, conscience. Conscience. Cons- Shit. Conscience? I don't I don't know. This is your conscience. <laughs> and here we go. I'm gonna laugh my ass off. Conscience. <laughs> <laughs> well people hardly ever spell it out, so I mean that's true. <laughs> it's funny, the pronunciation is hilarious. Okay. Or the way they wrote it is funny. Mm. 
Okay, so where am I? At the southern entrance of the park is a pile of conscience rocks. And it's not the only one. There are other piles throughout the park. Unfortunately, once the rocks are moved, they cannot be put back in the park because they are out of scientific context. The park is a thriving site for archaeological, geological, and paleontological. (laughs) I don't Mm -hmm. think that was right. (laughs) I think it was. Research. Uh, Moving rocks and other artifacts affects the value of the scientific study. In the Rainbow Forest Museum, the display is called Mystery of the Conscience Wood. A large piece of petrified wood sits on a bench. It was returned by a man who said it had, he had stolen it 66 years ago. A through-ring binder sits beneath the display that contains letters from all over the world, comprising from 1,200 pages of guilt-ridden letters, the oldest Conscience letter dates back to 1935. The letters describe the feelings and bad luck many have experienced. And here's some examples. You're right. It's a curse to take wood from the forest. My girlfriend of three years finished with me on the drive home. So here's your damn wood back. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. These miserable rocks have caused pure havoc in my love life. By the time these rocks reach you, things should be back to normal. If not, I give up. Dateless and desperate. (laughs) Wow. So bitter. Like they were forced to take those damn rocks. Believe me, if I would have known the curse went with any of the rocks, I never would have taken these. My life has been totally destroyed since we've been back from vacation. Please take these so my life will go back to normal. Let me start over again. Forgive me for ever taking these. When we were there, we read the letters of the many people who had returned wood with, oh, with, had returned wood to you with tales of bad luck, ruined marriages, as well as other stories of misfortune. At first, we did not believe the ramblings of such obviously superstitious people, but upon a review of the life and lack of luck that our family member had these past 30 years, we have begun to wonder if possibly the legend could have could have some truth to it. Mm. 30 fucking years, Jesus. Oh my God. I picked up this petrified rock about 13 years ago when I visited the national park. I came across it today and decided I should send I should send it back to you. I am sorry that I took it and I wish for you to have it back. Thank you. P.S. It has been bad luck to me. Jeez. What if they give it back and they still have bad luck? I feel like, yeah, that would happen. It's just stuck to you now. Well, I'm that kind of person, though, to believe it. Like, in the, it'll, it's like in the back of my mind type of thing. If I do something that would be superstitious or like la mala ora, if I would have come across that, mm-hmm. I'd just be waiting. Like, if, if I went up there and still didn't see anything, I would still be, like, superstitious about, like, what's going to happen next yeah. because I did that. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Three-Legged Lady of Nash Road. Mm. So, apparently there's a three-legged woman who walks Nash Road in Mississippi, and locals report the sightings are mostly between um, 2661-4548 Nash Road, and I think it's nearby Columbus, uh, Mississippi. She chases cars as they pass, and if you want to see her, you stop on the road and turn out the lights, then honk three times and she will knock on the roof of your car and then race the driver to the end of the road, hitting the car with her body the whole time, which is so weird because you just told that other story. Mm-hmm. 
it appears that her third leg is a sewn-on rotting leg. Ugh. They say she took it from a dead lover or that she's a mother in search of her dismembered daughter on the road. Others say that she's the result of a satanic cult that performed at a nearby church. Why would they perform at a church? I have no idea. That's common. Especially if it's like an abandoned church. They like um, they like change it and deface a lot of the holy stuff and then they like do. Oh, do they stuff. do that, Abby? Do they? I've seen pictures. I don't know. From Zach Baggins? Baggins? Right. It was him. <laughs> he set up the whole thing. Everything is fucking satanic to him. True. I want to know how religious he really was. I still don't know his origin story because, you know, on the intro or like the theme song part of the beginning of the episode, he talks about like, until I came face to face with one, blah, blah, blah. I want to know what his story was because apparently he was a skeptic up until something happened to him. And then that's why he like started his like journey or whatever. I feel like he's full of shit. (laughs) No, I want to believe him so bad. Anyway, <clears throat> three-legged lady of Nash Road. That is fucking scary, especially because I can just imagine that rotting leg like flapping as she's like running. Exactly. Ooh. Ew, it's like on the side of her. It's Stop it. And of course, I couldn't leave out the Marfa lights. Oh, yes. In West Texas, eerie lights appear in the darkness south of US 90 between Alpine and Marfa. Yellowish white lights that glowed, faded, disappeared, and returned in different places. Sometimes they change color, other times they split apart. You can't tell if they're 10 miles away or 100, the size of a car or a house. Witnesses have suggested many theories of this origin, from car lights to fires to aliens and the ghost of an Apache chief who allegedly haunts the area. Uh, journalist Michael Hall said a few years ago I was there on a busy summer night and a man passed around a pair of night vision glasses to eager witnesses in addition to the two or three lights we had been watching we could see seven or eight more crawling dimly through the darkness like the aliens and space invaders this by all accounts was excellent you didn't have to believe in UFOs to think that something was out there Um, Some scientists have suggested the lights are the result of glowing gases or a mirage. A mirage? Mm Mm-hmm. Have you seen them? No. I've always wanted to. I want to look at videos because I want to see if people, like, have seen them and caught them on video. But I I don't think I've even been through there at all. Like, I don't think I've ever been to Marfa. I've been there several times, but I never was there, like, in the darkness. (gasps) Hmm. Mm-mm. Or if I was, I never paid attention. But um, lights a classic. Yes. For my final one, I'm doing La Pascualita. Oh, oh my God! Uh, no, never mind. Okay, go ahead. He in <laughs> Chihuahua, Mexico. There's a dress shop with a beautiful mannequin in a wedding dress in the front window. That's Local where I wrote your name. Yes. Local rumor has it that she's no mannequin at all. She's well-preserved. She's the well-preserved daughter of the owner who died from a black widow spider bite just before her own wedding. Her hands are what freak, freak people out the most. They look so lifelike, and her legs even have varicose veins. The mannequin appeared at the window not long after her death, adding to the legend. Regardless of uh, if it's a real body or not, customers claim that the eyes follow them while they shop and that mm-hmm. she changes positions on her own. Another local legend claims that she is not a real body 
but a visiting French magician became so entranced with her that he brought her to life and danced with her each night he visited her. Before mm-hmm. open each morning, he would return her to the window. She's been there for 80 years and still no one knows the truth. God damn. That one is so good. I, I'm going to love posting photos of her because it's it's true. Like maybe the face isn't as realistic as people say, but her hands, the, hands, yeah. um, the nails, like yep. come on, stop it. That's so mm-hmm. weird. Anyways, so yeah, that was my final one. Okay. San Patricio County's Road to Hell. Ooh. If you've ever found yourself driving along Farm to Market Road 666, you probably felt chills rolling down your spine as you traveled the dark country road at night. There's a reason why. The highway is located in one of the most famous haunted areas in South Texas. Along the country road sits the old San Patricio courthouse where Chipita Rodriguez, the first woman to ever be hung in Texas, was sentenced for a crime she did not commit. Chipita was taken to a grove of trees along the Nueces River a few miles behind the courthouse and the present-day highway and hanged from the tallest oak tree. She was buried in a coffin along the banks of the river under the tree from which she was hanged. Chipita's ghost reportedly glides on the river banks where her cries echo into the mesquite. Oh, Oh, no. Wrongful death is like the number one revenge or, you know, ghostly word. Creepy. I didn't know about that one either. Um, So do you want to play a game? No, no, I don't. Well, considering that uh, Halloween parties should be kept to a minimum and trick-or-treating might not be the same with your kiddos, if you guys want to play any games, Thought Catalog has 32 of them. And they are all really spooky um, at different levels. The reason why I came across this was because I couldn't find a like serious enough Bloody Mary origin story. But we all know Bloody Mary and we all know that we've tried it and that it scared the shit out of us as kids. Um, Mm -hmm. It's been debunked that our brains just want to see faces. And so when we look in the mirror, we just like see things. But it's still one of the most popular like scary games that a lot of people have heard of. Another one is called Sandman. One person lays face down on the floor. Everyone else sits in a circle around them. One person is the speaker and everyone else is quiet. The speaker tells a story about how the laying down person was killed by a murderer and their body filled with sand. They lightly rub their arms or legs and talk about how the murderer filled them up with sand. And at the end, the person stands up and they will feel as if their body is full of sand. Fuck that. You know which one I still haven't tried, which isn't even very spooky, but the one where you like press your arms against the doorway frame, and then when you like come out of it, your arms like float up on their own. Have you tried that? Oh, I didn't even. I don't. I feel like I've heard it somewhere before, but um, I haven't tried it. Thing, but it's still creepy. Apparently, whenever you're not, I feel like it's you like arm pushing more, and your arms still go up. Muscle spasm exactly yeah that's exactly what it is but it still apparently feels really weird what about, um, and i also haven't tried stiff as a uh, yeah. board or whatever. light as a feather, <laughs> light as a feather. <laughs> stiff as a board i we tried that at sleepovers one of my friends becky she used to have mm-hmm. a sleepover every year like her sleepovers were the shit and i think we tried it there but i'm i can't remember if it like really worked or we were just full of shit and we all got scared or, i don't know i want to try it with a room full of witches and see if they can do it make it happen um suji yura is a japanese fortune telling game it is uh 
It led to suicides in Japan after some people found out some bleak predictions for their futures. You will need to decide who is going to be the speaker and gather a comb and something which uh, to cover your face and head to a crossroads at night. Mm-mm. At the crossroads, the speaker makes the comb speak three times by running their fingers down the teeth. The speaker then repeats three times, Sujiura, Sujiura, grant me a true response. And they wait at the crossroads until someone approaches. If no one approaches or if someone you know approaches, the game is over and you have to start over. If a stranger approaches the crossroads, cover your face and ask the stranger to tell you your fortune. If the stranger doesn't respond or refuses to respond, you can uncover your face and wait for a new stranger to try again. If the stranger tells you your fortune, wait until they leave and then you may uncover your face. What the fuck? Oh, no. That is scary. Uh, no, I don't want to play that game. I know. I'm like reading through like what you need to gather for some of these games, and they sound so scary. Do you? Is the Midnight Man on there? I'm looking. I'm looking through it, but that one is a pretty intense one. Mm-hmm. I would hope it's not. If there's 32 freaking games on this thing, oh, I'm seeing all kinds of stuff I've never seen before. I'm gonna be reading through this tonight, like scary Fuck as hell. All of that, though, I refuse to ever do any of those. Mm-mm. Ooh, the one have you heard of the one where you play hide and seek by yourself That's, but you have to use a doll i thought that was the midnight man oh am i confusing too there's one there's one where you play hide and seek and then one where there's a doll involved that might be the wrong one i mean i don't i don't remember uh, the one that where you play hide and seek there was one i thought the midnight man was like you have to make a wish or you ask the midnight man to come and grant you a wish but you have to play you have to hide from him and if he finds you then you lose. But if he doesn't find you by midnight or whatever time, then you right. he'll grant you the wish. And your candle, you have to have a candle, right? And it can't go it's out. Something like that. Yeah, some shit. If it goes out, he caught up to you. Oh, hell no. You see it get actually like blown yeah, fuck out. fuck all of that. Like, take me. I just take me. I'm not going to put up a fight. Just playing, <laughs> just reading how the game works, like scared the fuck out of me. Dude, honestly, I watched the others last night and it still is creepy. Like it still yes. is a hard hit plot twist at the end yeah, there. I love that movie. Me too. And that's, it's mostly because whenever I was scared when I was little, my mom would tell me to pray. And so whenever she was doing that with her kids, I was like, oh, that's so scary. And they were the ghosts the whole time. And they were the ghosts the whole time. That was so sad. And then when her husband comes out from the fog, I was wondering if he was walking through the fog that whole time. Like, that's his limbo. I feel like. Because she had been waiting for him, apparently, at the house for, like, forever. And he never showed up. And so when the one time she goes out into the woods around her house to try to go to the village or whatever, she runs into him. And he's like confused, and so I'm like, "Oh my gosh, has he just been walking through the forest like that entire time?" That's he has so to sad. walk from where he died all the way home. Oh dear. Mm-hmm. Um, what the hell? Oh, some of these are scary video games too, but Mm-mm. forget about um, the picture game. It's a scary game where you try to capture a ghost on film. You have to gather a length of string, scissors, a knife, or another sharp edge, uh, one small mirror per participant. Uh, a drinking glass, a beverage, preferably alcoholic wine is recommended, and a quiet room. You know who needs to read that? Who? Zach Bagans. I would love to see them try these games. Oh my god, my door just your opened. Door. your mouth, I heard it creak. Stop. Oh, who is that? That's Jeremy. No. You have to know it's Jeremy. No, he shut the... He shut the front door oh. and it opened my door because my door doesn't shut all the like it doesn't click shut. 
the fucking house is uneven. So not like none of the bedroom doors shut correctly. Yeah. So every time the air comes on or the front door is opened, my door like creaks open a little bit, but I guess it just kept creaking open and it just opened all the way right now. But that scared the shit out of me. I know. I heard the sound and the sound alone scared the crap out of me. Just leave it in and don't just take out the explanation. Well, we've been hearing noises this whole time with the freaking Oh yeah. That scream was scary. It's Halloween guys. This is the Halloween special you want. Yeah. We're scared. So that's what you want. Don't say that. Begin at midnight. Absolutely not. Make the string or rope into a circle by tying the ends together. Place the rope in the middle of the room. Place the drinking glass in the middle of the rope circle. Fill the glass with the beverage. Arrange the participants in a circle by seating them around the outside of the rope circle. Do not step into the center of the rope circle at any time for any reason. Um, Each participant must place their mirror in front of them. The reflective part of the mirror should be pointed at the ceiling and turn off the lights. Mm -mm. Mm. The invitation. Mm-mm. The participants must close their eyes. The circle of participants must hold hands. Each person must say one after the other, uh, I trust you. And the participants should not speak this phrase in unison. Each must say it individually. After each one has stated their trust, they all re- uh, repeat three times in, unis- in unison this time. The door is open. Please come in. Get the fuck uh, out. No. Absolutely not. What happens? The sitting. But what happens if you don't actually trust the person, like the people? Right. It'll know. I feel like you have to fully commit. Oh, that is weird. Because you could say anything, but yeah. you have to like mean yeah. it. The sitting. Begin the sitting by having one participant take up the camera. They must say the words, I caught you. Then pointing the camera towards uh, the middle of the circle, the person must take one picture. Pass the camera to the next person. And if you're using a digital camera, do not preview the image that was just taken. The next person must say the words, I caught you. And I guess you just keep doing until everyone has done it. Um, If the participant begins crying or feels nauseous, do not allow them to take any pictures. Instead, pass the camera around to the next person in the circle. Just skip them. Like, no big deal. Like, this person's crying, throwing up. And you're just like, okay, you're getting skipped. And then just hand the person next to them the camera. Um, after it's been passed around the circle three times, put it down. What if you lose count? You're all drinking wine and shit. You're all scared. Um, fucking, oh. Fuck. How many times was that? You're all trembling. Um, all participants must close their eyes and repeat three times in unison. unison it's time to go home. And then you uh, turn the mirror upside down. Each participant must turn their mirror upside down. Oh, okay, because everybody has a mirror in front of them in the circle. Um, turn on the lights using the scissors, knife, or other sharp edge. Uh, cut open the rope circle and then take the drinking glass outside and empty it. It is recommended that you empty it into a patch of dirt or earth. That is a lot. And then of review shit. your pictures. Ooh, ooh, and then see mm-hmm. who the fuck caught them. That is yeah. some white people shit right there. Who the fuck? Camera just laying around. Oh God, light as a feather, classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, concentrate. Oh, concentrate. I've heard of this one. It's a divination, a divination game that will tell one person how they will die. Mm-hmm. Each person sits in front of another with their eyes closed, and the person seated behind them will lightly pound on the person's back while chanting, "Concentrate, concentrate, concentrate on what I'm saying." People are dying, children are crying. Concentrate, concentrate on what I'm saying, and then you you keep tapping them as you're saying the words, and then um, you tap them on the top of their head with your fist and run your hands down both sides of their head. You are imitating the feeling of cracking an egg. Crack an egg on your head. Let the yolk run down. Let the yolk run down. Crack an egg on your head and let the yolk run down. 
Um, and then it says, concentrate, concentrate. People are dying, blah, blah, blah. And then the second one is like, squeeze an orange on your shoulder and you're like imitating the same thing. And then you say this stuff again, poke them on the side of their torso and run your hands down their sides like you got a, a needle stuck in there. And then you say the say the phrase again. And then you stab a knife in their back and, and imitate the blood running down. You keep saying a bunch of shit. And then at the end, you whisper in their ear, you're standing on a building, you're out on the ledge, you're feeling very dizzy and you're close to the edge. And then someone pushes you and you have to like push them and their eyes are closed this whole time. Oh, so they're just like uh... feeling everything. And so when they... um open their eyes you have to ask them what color they saw hmm. um and each color will tell you how they're gonna die so if you see red when you open like right before you open your eyes if you see red you're gonna get stabbed blue drowned in water yellow poisoned orange burned green fall from a great height onto grass purple suffocation brown buried alive gray disease black of old age and goes to hell if you see white you die of old age but you get to go to heaven hmm a Mexican fortune telling game. The fuck? Have you heard of a game called Red Book? No. Interesting. Well, there's more on here, folks. So go on to a Thought Catalog. No, we are not sponsored. And check out what other scary games there are because they are listed in detail. I wouldn't want to know how when it, how I would die. Yeah, fuck all of that. I'd be paranoid. People would like probably avoid water for the rest of their lives if they really played that game and got blue and they're like oh no and then they end up dying in the shower or something something ridiculous mm -hmm. right oh no. guys halloween be careful clean and sanitize your candy before you eat it you guys know the drill it's not going to be the same but you know if you love halloween you'll make it work you'll make it happen mm -hmm. i thought you were going to give the little yes well the thing i was going to say was since we've been talking about ghost adventures this whole time i saw the halloween special that took place in ireland and i learned about a goddess named morrigan morrigan uh -huh. Have you heard mm -hmm. of her? i didn't know about her apparently she's the the person who uh guards the gates and there's like a cave that they went to um that she apparently either resides in or that's where she comes out from hell or the underworld she's not necessarily like a dark goddess but she's known to um tell people their fates in war and um let's see hold on she is a goddess associated with war and fate foretelling doom or death or even victory in battle and she appears as a crow um she's apparently a triple goddess whatever that means i think it's like three different realms that she can control but i learned about it um why i'm bringing it up is she's the one that releases the ghouls on um sow what's what do they call it sam how do you say it? The actual name for All Hallows Eve. Uh, Samhain. Samhain. Yes. Okay. So she's in charge of letting the ghouls out whenever they cross into our realm. And hence the reason why people put their children in costumes. Uh, the Celtic tradition, that's where it originated from, is they are disguising themselves so that they aren't brought back to hell or to the underworld or to the afterlife with those said ghouls and um creatures and stuff so that's that's why we wear costumes to like blend in i i only knew about the all hallows eve part and how it has to do with harvest and that kind of thing but whenever i learned about morrigan morrigan i was like oh that's interesting did not know about that so sharing that with you guys i know i'm really behind by not knowing that this entire mm -hmm. time as an adult but thought i would share that with you guys because she's a badass in my opinion yeah she's in charge of the whole thing 
anyways, so that was that. Happy Halloween, everybody. Um, I feel like, it, wait, I was going to say something. Yes, go for it. I can't. Anything. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's what I was going to say because we were talking about Ghost Adventures. <laughs> they, the theme of our They are uh, doing an episode on the Joe Exotics Ranch or farm or whatever the fuck it is. Zoo, zoo, zoo. How would that have to do with it? So they did it. Well, listen, they did it in July. And apparently they like I was reading the thing on it and it was like they like hype it up and shit. And they're like, this was before because apparently it's not Joe Exotics anymore or like it's not even Jeff Lowe's anymore. Like it's um, what's her name? Carol Baskin. It's hers. But before that happened, um, they got to go there and. Joe used to say that like he would see shit and blah 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 and I was like reading it and I was like yeah there were meth heads of course they saw shit like everybody on meth is always like they see shit and blah 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 things do happen apparently and like they there's like the ghost of the tigers that have died and like the the dude that killed himself was his name Dylan was his name Dylan or is that the new one yeah Travis. His name was Travis. That's what it was. Oh, yes. Um, I think the new one's Dylan. But anyways, yeah. Um, Travis's ghost, apparently, you can see. I, I don't – it's just – there's like a bunch of crazy shit that's supposed to happen in this episode, and I want to see it. I want to see it for the drama. I think it comes out on Halloween. If they did that, I swear to God, that would be something else. 2020 oh, would yeah, be something Here it is. Here it is. What is it? What is it? Tell me when does it air? What happened? Yep, it's coming out on Halloween. I wonder if the previews are like accurate. If anything happened, hold on. I'm... Oh, they went when it was Jeff Lowe's zoo. Ah, that's he oh. was probably trying to get. Um... Of course, he gets money however he can. Well, yeah, but now it's not even. Yep, it premieres. What's today? Twenty seventh. It's the twenty eighth. It premieres tomorrow at nine. Or eight central on the Travel Channel. It's mm-hmm. called Ghost Adventures Horror at Joe Exotic Zoo. <laughs> that is so bizarre. That is so weird. Yeah. I'm totally gonna. I don't know. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I'm gonna have to so we can talk about it because well, I need new things to laugh at with them because I'm used to the same shit over and over. <laughs> Everything is just crushing my my need to be scared. <laughs> But um, all right. Well, thanks for letting us know, guys. If you didn't know, tune in. Oh well, yeah. By the time this comes out, it'll be already out. Coming out. Well, the next day, you know, the Halloween day on Saturday. It comes out on the 29th, Abby. Oh, you just told me that it comes out the day after tomorrow. Okay. It comes I mean, out tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. and then our episode comes out the day after that. It's watch it be just like Ghosts of the Tigers, dude. Yeah, and I told Jeremy that, and I was like making like fucking tiger noises and shit. What if that would be kind of scarier to? If you just heard, dude, and if he does that, I am gonna die laughing. Oh. <laughs> that and it's like a tiger in the background but i mean but there's fucking tigers there so yeah you're gonna hear shit and i'm gonna laugh if he fucking uses that as a thing like (laughs) if you want to get scared you should watch hell house i I got kind of scared of that which one is that it's where they're like setting up a haunted house in an like old hotel but like the props like move at weird times but you have to really be paying attention and you'll get scared when you notice like that the props are different, different 
but I watched part two today. People hate it, but it wasn't that bad in my opinion. I'm going to see the part, the third part. There's something about life-size props, like fully being in a doorway where they're not supposed to be. That just fucking scares the shit Ooh. out of me. So it looks like a person in a costume, but it's supposedly a prop. Fuck all that. You should watch that if you want to get scared instead of just laugh at it. Nope. I'm going Ooh. to have a very tame Halloween. I'm going to try to have a very tame Halloween. All right, guys, you heard it here. There's a uh, thanks for listening, guys. Happy Halloween. So did we give you the creeps? <laughs>